Hashem, can you be Mechanech a 16-year-old? This is based on our Ask Rabbi Brizak free email column. We send that a few times a week. If you'd like to subscribe, you can send an email to admin at chinuch-lifelines.org. Can you be Mechanech a 16-year-old? The answer is, Be'ezus Hashem, no. And the answer is yes. Which one is it? Let's discuss it. The, exa- the scenario presented to me was a 16-year-old that's lying. Can you be mechanech a 16-year-old that's lying? And can you be mechanech a 16-year-old at all? No, you can't. If the chinuch you're referring to means that you're going to force the teen, you're going to punish the teen, you're going to consequence the teen or criticize the teen or overpower the teen, or make sure that it happens whether the teen likes it or not, then it will not work and it makes it worse. Please understand that in Chinuch, it has nothing to do with if you're right, if you're wrong. Chinuch can be compared to crossing the street. It has nothing to do with if you're right or if you're wrong. If a car is coming, you can be the rightest person in the world. Don't cross the street because crossing the street will make it worse. I hope you agree. Therefore, when you're dealing with your 16-year-olds and your teens and chinuch in general, don't do things that make things worse, even if you're right. And don't tell me it's the child's problem, it's the teen's problem, it's not yours. No! It's your job to be mechanech and it's your problem if you're making it worse. You can't tell me that you're making it worse and it's not your problem. So stop making it worse. Or don't make it worse. And fighting with your teen and forcing your teen and consequencing your teen and criticizing your teen and going against your teen will make it worse. Now we are not speaking about when teens are accepting our reprimands or our corrections that we're not speaking about, but then you're not doing things in a way that the team will accept your corrections and your reprimands. So that's not relevant to our discussion here. So you can't force a team, you can't fight with a team. It'll only make things worse. What can you do? Let's discuss the specific situation that was brought to my attention. A team is lying. Now, there's one fundamental, and we're bringing this example, but it's an example which is relevant to basically all teenagers. And let's dissect it, study it, understand it, and apply it, practically speaking. Number one, why is the teen lying? If you want to fix something up, you have to know what's broken. You can't fix it up if you don't know what's broken, right? I used to have a friend who had a, who fixes a, I have a friend who fixes appliances. And I know that people, when things are broken, people give it a smack, they give it a knock, they give it a zetz, and it, and sometimes it starts working. <laughs> How does that work, I asked my friend. And he tells me because sometimes the wire is out of place. And if you give it a zetz, it could knock it back into place. But more than not, it will knock things out of place and it'll break more things. So don't knock and bop your things that are not working. Please don't 
And one of those things that may not be working is khina. Don't knock and bop and zets your child, whether you do it physically, whether you do it literally, however you do it, because it's just going to knock more things out of place. Why is a child lying? So the conclusion we come to from this is that if you want to fix it up, we have to know what's broken. You have to open it. That's what my friend finished. He concluded by telling me. You have to open it up and see what's broken, and then you can fix it. What's broken? Why is a teen lying to you? Let's offer three possibilities. Possibility number one, the teen is lying to you because he feels bad about himself. He has very low self-esteem, and he can't handle guilt. He can't handle responsibility. There are plenty of people like that. So whenever something comes his way, did you do that? Who did that? Why did you do that? He's going to say, I didn't do that. He's going to avoid taking responsibility. Possibility number two, why is the teen lying? Could be because he doesn't want to get in trouble with you. Because if he'll tell you the truth, you know what you'll do to him. Even if you're not going to punish him, if he's not a baby, you're not going to treat him like a, a five-year-old, of course not, but you're going to give him a mouthful. You're going to be upset at him, give him the cold shower or the silent treatment. You'll be cold with him, cold climate treatment. And you go, well, it's not your fault. You're just upset. What are you supposed to do? You're a parent. What are you supposed to do? You're a parent, right? We're not saying, we'll discuss what you're supposed to do. But now you understand, you don't live in a vacuum. Your teen has feelings. The mother told me that her 11-year-old boy, she punished him, she took away a privilege that she gives him once a month. You hear that? Once a month he gets his privilege. And she took it away. That's a big punishment. And the boy didn't want to tell her goodnight when he went to sleep. And he even closed the door like little, maybe he, he flung it shut. He was upset. And the mother wanted to punish him with an additional punishment. And I said to the mother, what, your child is now allowed to have feelings? <laughs> it's chutzpah. I understand. It's chutzpah. He's angry that he got this punishment. He should just be a bubble and a puppet and a robot. Is that what you want from him or her? A child will tell you things, and you will get upset at the child. So why should the child tell you things? <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not the child's fault either. You want to... So what are you supposed to do? Hang on. First we're studying what's wrong, before we study how to fix it up. First, let's see what's broken. In the middle of checking what's broken, you can't see, fix it up, fix it up. Patience, my friend. What's broken? Then we'll see what to do about it. Wonderful. So, reason three, possibility three, is that the child, Bichlal, has no Kesha with you altogether. He has no relationship with you. And he's not interested in opening up to you and telling you things. So he'll avoid. He'll avoid anything that's, you know, too heavy or too this or too intrusive or whatever. He'll just avoid. So he'll lie in order to avoid. 
These are the three possibilities we came up with. I'm sure there are more. But let's use these for now. It was a natural question that was asked to me. So now, if it's possibility number one that he feels bad about himself, so we have to help him to feel good with himself. If it's possibility number two, that he's, or possibility number three, that he's avoiding you, she's avoiding you, so we want to help make, help him not have to avoid you. And if it's possibility number two, that when he opens up to you and tells you, he'll just get into trouble. So then we want to make it safe for him to open up to you. So there are three different issues here, if we'll notice. Issue one, the child has low self-esteem. Issue two, is the child can't handle guilt. Issue two, is that the child doesn't want to get into trouble and doesn't want to have to handle my cold climate, silent treatment, wrath, whatever else I give him. And issue number three, excuse me, is that the child just avoids me, doesn't really want a relationship with me. Please note something. And that something is that even though each one of these three may be true, but all of these three combined are creating a rechuk and a distance between me and the child. So I say all of the three, I mean any one of the three combined. When I say combined, I mean any one of the three in and of itself will have a common denominator and create a common problem. The symptom can the symptom of something else can sometimes become a problem in and of itself. And that's what we have to study before we discuss how to fix it. There's something else that's broken here. Every one of these three things, these three reasons, can result in a distance between me and my child. I get upset at my child. My child is lying. So there's a cycle here that will push my child further away from me and he will lie more and more and more as time goes on. I'll get more upset, and the child will lie more. There's no question that my getting more upset is bringing the child to lie more and more and more. No question about it. And that's pushing the child away from me. The more the child lies, the more the child is going to go behind my back, and I won't know about it the more the child is going to do things that I have no idea what the child is doing, and he and she or will not share with me at all. So we have the following. Let's make this simple. It sounds complicated. When a 16-year-old is lying, without going into all the reasons and all the... When a 16-year-old is lying, my friends, he is distancing himself from me. Because, number one, I am getting upset at him for lying. I can't cover up. He knows, she knows I'm very upset at this lying stuff. And that just pushes him or her further away. Aside from the fact that lying in and of itself 
is moving away from you. It's not telling you the truth. It's going behind your back. So whether the reasons for the lying are reason one or reason two or reason three makes no difference. When a teenager is lying, it's creating a cycle that the relationship becomes damaged. And in addition, the teen starts going or continues going or goes even more behind my back. What do we do? How do we deal with this? We started off by saying that can you fix, can you machanachatim? We said no and we said yes. You can if you work differently. If you realize the problem here. The problem is at the end of the day that the teen is going behind your back or even more than that. That's a result. The problem is, the source problem is the relationship. The more you can become close with your teen, the less your teen will avoid you, the less your teen will go behind your back, and the less your teen, the more your teen will share with you. So the key then is to make a close relationship with this teen who's lying to you. The problem is they're not interested because the relationship, I'm sure, is very strained. So please, let's start this podcast from the beginning. Let's ask the question all over again. How do I mechanech a teen that's lying, a 16-year-old, the answer is to work on improving the relationship. That's the problem. That's the solution. But practically speaking, what are we to do? A child is not interested in letting us in. They put up a brick wall, a thick wall, and they don't let us in. What are we to do? We are to do whatever will bring the child to want to open up the door for us. That's what we are to do. This brick wall that the child has put up has a door that they can open and let us in. That's our focus, and that's what we have to do. Does it take one day? No. Does it take one week? No. Does it take one month? No, but it can be done over time, not overnight, and with a lot of effort and a lot of tefillahs, praying that the teen opens the door and lets you in. But before I discuss the practical ways to do this, please note that there is no way you're going to get through to this teen unless you focus on this direction. Improving the relationship that the teen will let you, will trust you and let you in through the brick door. They have to open up their door to let you in. 
Now, what do you do? A mother sent me a letter years ago. She called herself Rock and Roll MD. Many years ago, not even a Jewish mother. She found my name somewhere on the internet. She was at her and her 22-year-old daughter were at each other's throats. It was an ugly scene, and they're always fighting, and the daughter's always in a rage. What do you do? And I told her the following idea, which I got from secular sources, but it's Chachma Ba'uma, it's Tamina, once asked a Ravolba Zatzal about this particular book where I got the idea from. He said it was fine, you have to know how to pick out the good from these books. I'll call upon him, it's common sense. And I'll give you other ideas that are not from this book. But the idea is, you have to look at a relationship like a bank account. It's called the emotional bank account. If you have a relationship with your child, your teen, and it's in the minus, it means that it's strained. It means your relationship it's the bank account is in the minus. That's what it means. It's just a marshal. So you have to do whatever will do to get the bank account into plus. That means you make deposits in the emotional bank account. It's a marshal. We're just using this marshal from the secular source to give you a direction and understand what you have to do. So... Start making deposits in the emotional bank account. And over time now, if the bank account is 10000 in the minus, and you put in $100,000, but I did this, I did this, and nothing became better, no, no improvement was forthcoming. You only put in $500, you owe $10,000. Take it easy. Keep adding money. Don't stop here. Have patience. With time, over time. So, what are these deposits in the emotional bank? What what do they consist of? Now, that's already something that's uh, dependent. It's more individual. But some of these include doing unexpected favors for your child. Unexpected favors for your team. Little things. You can slip them... A $10 bill, $15 bill. I don't know if that means anything. You can buy them a nash. Bring them an iced coffee. Tell them you were thinking of them. My Rosh Hashiva, Shlite should be well. Rabbi Yehuda Adis, the Goyen Rosh Hashiva of Kol Yaakov in Yerushalayim, who is now on a respirator. And we hope we'll have a full Shlema very, very soon. Rabbi Yehuda ben Chaya Esther, Shlite. So Rabbi said, he told me once that you bring something home for your teen and you say, I was thinking of you. That's what he told me to do for a kid that was Mahal Shabbos. So, an unexpected favor every day. Look for an unexpected favor to do for your teen. Now, these things can include, it has to be unexpected because if they come to expect it, it won't make an impression. Keep your eyes open to look for these types of favors. Look for things that you know your team would like and go for it. Sometimes you'll find something bigger that'll come your way by surprise. Your team wasn't expecting you to help, but you'll get it for them, you'll do it for them, you'll help them with them. 
they will it will make an impression and these impressions add up and one day they make a hole in the teen's heart like Rabbi Akiva with the water on the rock another thing is things that are important to your teen see if you can help them get things that are important to them aside from unexpected favors they may be working out a father told me the following example his son was doing homework and he just couldn't stay up anymore and he was worried he would get a failing mark he would get something a mark on his homework and other penalties the boy wakes up in the morning the homework was on his desk and it was finished and his father said have a great day what am i know now Is that ethical? Is that right? It's an exception to the rule. Although parents tell me that homework is mainly for them, it's not fair. They're doing most of the homework. We're not talking as a rule. But we're talking as an exception to the rule. Here the father went and he completed the homework. The boy already did 60% of it. But he knew it was important to the boy and it would help the boy and it would stop the boy from getting into trouble. That's an example of how you can use, how you can do something that's important to the child. Child wants desperately to get to a certain wedding and they have no way of getting there but they're not going to bother you because you would never take them and you were busy and it's out of your way and suddenly you pipe up and say okay I'm taking you what do you mean yeah I'm taking you that's doing something that's unimportant for your teen sometimes listening to your teen is important but your teen if the relationship is strained They're not going to come over to you and start listening. So initially, do unexpected favors for your team. And find out what's important for them and help them to get what's important. Another thing that can go a long way is complimenting your team. But sincere compliments. Not things that they'll see through and they'll, oh, oh, who told you to do that? What class have you been listening to? Something sincere appreciation. You really appreciate it and you express it. I so appreciate that you did that. Another thing that could help improve the relationship with your team is telling the team things you like about him or her. Now for this you need preparation. You may not like anything right now about your team. Think about things that you like about your team and tell them, you know, I so like your blue eyes. It sounds funny, but it shows you like things about them. You like them. You like them. They like you. You understand how this works. And please, be careful. While you're making all of these deposits in the emotional bank account, don't make withdrawals. Don't criticize. Don't get upset at it. Don't punish. I'll tell you something. A big mechanach here in Eretz Yisrael's name is Rabbi Pliskin Jr., son of the famous Rabbi Zelig Pliskin. He's a big mechanach here. He deals with kids at risk. He deals with guiding parents and chinuch altogether. He's well known. And he puts out an email also for free once in a while. I don't, maybe it's once a week. And he wrote there, he tells parents, to stop with difficult children or altogether with your children, don't criticize them for six months and only compliment them for six months. He says not even to compliment them, 
is write your own notebook of good things that they do. Don't even tell them anything, but stop criticizing them for six months. I'm not telling you to do it for six months. This rock and roll MD wrote me back that she followed these recommendations, basically. We added in some now. And she wrote me back three months less, ten days, that the relationship has changed dramatically with her daughter. They're very close. Can you imagine? So it could take time, but it's worth the time. And the most important benefit you'll gain over here is that your team, if you have a close relationship, your team will want to share with you, will want to open up to you, and you'll have a lot less lying in your home. It's hard work, this. You better believe it. It's not so hard. It's simple. But it's not easy. But it's worth it. Do it. You won't be sorry.